This is the Shift Podcast. Ma'am, what, what happened to you? I got maced. You got maced? Yeah. By, by the police. <laughs> and what happened? You were trying to go inside the yeah, Capitol? Yeah, I, I made it like a foot inside and they pushed me out and they maced me. What's your, what's your name? Where are you from? My name is Elizabeth. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. And why did you want to go in? <laughs> we're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. Thank you. It's been a crazy, crazy few days. And one of the things that's really come out for me, and I can hear your concern. I can hear the need to blame something, right? Like it was Donald Trump who caused this. It was so-and-so who caused this, right? It was Rudy Giuliani who caused this. And we can't forget the fundamental piece of what happened. A bunch of people walked in, trespassed in a place they weren't supposed to trespass yesterday. Now, there was an interesting video that I saw today that made the rounds that was shared. Jesse Miller from Mediated Reality is here. Uh, social media, yeah, he, he like you have to understand, like Joe, Jesse. Not only does he live in this world, it's not like he's sitting there, you know, sending out tweets all day. Jesse teaches people how to understand how social media works. Thanks for spending some time, Jess. As always, Shane. Thank you for having me. Okay, so the lady from Kentucky who got maced by the police. Did you see that video from TikTok today? Yeah, the from Knox was it Knoxville? I think so. And she was yeah. she was to to I mean to to experience the video, she was upset. Like she was 100% hurt. Yeah. She was hurt the fact that she got maced. My understanding of the story is that she walked up to the Capitol, she went to walk in and just like everyone else was sort of doing and police maced her. And she was so surprised. She was my words not hers. How could you do this? This is a revolution. Yeah, I, I, I saw the video. She was asked, like, what happened? She said, I got a foot in the door and the cops pushed me back. I got maced. Yeah. And, and then she, they said, why? And she said, because it's, because it's a revolution and we should be allowed to be able to do this. Like, yeah. she was surprised there was resistance. Yeah, she was thoroughly surprised. Yeah. Um, and you can see it in the video. But what it brought to me was, was the TikTok part. And there's a couple of ways we can go. Children are experiencing yesterday and the coup, the attempted coup that happened. And they are experiencing it in full force on TikTok. And we as adults need to be extremely aware because we talk here on the show, how are we going to change the future? How are we going to inspire people to become, you know, good prime ministers? How are we going to inspire them to get into politics and have some integrity? But you know what's happening is all these people in the background are watching this stuff at eight years old and 10 years old. Hmm. And that's where I wanted to start the conversation, Jesse. I mean, this the, sh- the future of politics is shaping itself right now. And if we're not aware of it, it's going to shape itself the way that everything is going just because of the fact that parents don't realize that their kids are absorbing every single drop. So what I love about your angle here, and this is, and to our point, you've kind of, you've, you've approached this blind with me. Like, I didn't know what we were going to be talking about. So I love, I love that you focused on this. Um, first and foremost, when I saw that video last night, it was for the humor aspect of it. It yeah. was the, she can't see her own redundancy in her, her, her reaction to being maced. Yeah. Now today there's obviously, I mean, conspiracy runs amok on both sides of the equation here. The one that's standing out to me is that people, as she was wiping her eyes, are accusing her of having onions in the rag that she was wiping her eyes with and that this is a false flag. But the thing of this is, and this is where it's interesting, is that Trump took TikTok to task, not only in his hyperbole, but in his ability with an executive order trying to get the company to not only divest itself of its ties to China, but have American ties with Oracle or Microsoft buying in. Mm-hmm. And so TikTok got into his sight lines because he could get people upset about the platform. And those people uh, are Facebook users or Twitter users. They follow him. They believe in his doctrine. And now, now there's a target. There's an evil empire to focus on associated to China. Mm-hmm. Kids didn't see that. They saw 
their grandparents and their parents getting all upset, saying there was a platform that is a national security issue, that uh, this isn't good for you. And he now became the talking head to those conservative parenting values of, I don't know if my kids should be on TikTok. Now, interestingly enough, I mean, myself as a social media educator, like I try to diversify my intake of social media on every possible platform so I can get a wide range of information so I can make concise decisions about what I'm seeing. And in that, when we see kids favor one platform, we see adults favor a platform, there are parts of politics that go into that. So example, we're seeing the current leader of the Conservative Party of Canada uh, wading into social media and it's backfiring at every tweet because people are being very critical of like, did you, are you not reading the room? Are you not seeing how this is not working with people? But the reality of it is, is that on social media itself, you'll always find an audience. So kids recognizing that their parents aren't on TikTok, at least the majority of them, mm-hmm. are finding really interesting content. And to be fair to the TikTok audience, it's usually very positive. It's usually very uh, engaging and reflective of a common good. You see people doing these uh, 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 cooperation videos or they'll inspire people to do things. And they're very affirmative in how there's not a lot of negativity. Nobody's sending any comments saying, you know, you suck, you should go kill yourself. That's that's the YouTube place, that's the Instagram place. So to your very interesting vantage point, I think you're going to probably see a lot more media literacy emerge from the TikTok conversation as much as you're going to see people kind of sussing out through the BS. They're going to sit there and say, you know, I'm not going to fall for the misinformation campaign. I'm not going to fall for the person who's pulling a disinformation puppet strings like we see with the current leadership of the United States. And that's where we might actually see somewhat of a youth revolution. Um, And and to the point yesterday of the, the speeches and everything else, there was a Congress not Congresswoman, uh, she's a representative from Illinois. She was uh, doing a talk for moms, conservative moms. And she said in her speech, these are written remarks. She said, Hitler got one thing right. If you have the youth, you have the future. This is mm-hmm. what she said at that, at that event in Washington, D.C. And she didn't say that to, to TikTok kids. She said that to Facebook moms. And, and so kids, when they see that video and share on TikTok, they're doing what we want people to do, which is saying, no, 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 you can't use that name and say that person got something right. You can't do that. And I think what the kids are going to do with TikTok is really revolutionize maybe some aspects of politics. So there's a couple of places that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to speak to this, not from right or wrong or this side or that side, as I always try to do on the show. Yeah. But I, I, I'm going to speak to it um, in a couple of different scenarios that come of this. First of all, we have the lady who... I can't believe they maced me. This is a revolution. Kids see that. Okay. So unfiltered by adults, that can do one of two things. That can be um, incredibly sensitive to the fact that this lady got beat up by cops. It could be, um, how could she do this? She broke the rules, right? She's so dumb. But it also could be anybody can do a revolution. Now, I don't mean revolution like a coup d'etat, like sort of what happened yesterday. But if children could look at it, if children could learn that anything's possible, okay, well, there is both sides of the equation there. There's some real opportunity to grow and create an amazing world. There is also um, a chance that, you know, cops are bad, government's bad. There's a chance it could go any way. So to me, what I I get worried about is who's going to be the first adult to step into that situation and start to manipulate it. And to your point, um, if you have the youth, you have the future. If if you think about politics, and I'm not challenging anybody's um, views on politics, nor am I looking to discuss it, but at the same time, typically conservatives get thrown into the right, far right wing category. But just think about it for a second, and just think about the alignment with political parties and organizations like We Day, where on the other side of the spectrum, you had incredibly liberal parties who were aligning with the children and trying to bring up um, a different kind of adult. Mm -hmm. So you can, my point of that is to not be right this way or right that way. My point of that is to make it incredibly obvious. Do you see how the wires are crossed from how adults think about it? 
they are completely crossed for what kids are seeing. Yeah, and and to that point, and it's it's very it's very interesting you're taking that angle because I mean I've been to a Wee Day event. You can see the indoctrination, you can see the buy-in of just being in the space. And my experience in Calgary uh, at a Wee Day event was was twofold. One, it was almost like being in a youth group event which I had been subject to as a young person because I wanted to date somebody. And I thought maybe if I go to this, <laughs> you had a chance. I have a chance. I, yeah. And then I realized, no, 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 this isn't worth my, my, my being subjected to this. My buy-in isn't there. But in that only because I didn't, I, I wasn't raised in a conservative environment. So me being in that, in that youth group space, I, I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself long-term subscribing. Thing is I brought that same criticism to the We Day event. I remember I was watching this kid who was dancing to one of the stars who was performing and the mom was live social media updating for the kid. Like, like we're so lucky to be here today, like running his Instagram account. And I thought, how fake is this? How ridiculous is this as an event that, you know, you have parents who are celebrating more the, the prosperity of being there than the actual end goal, which is helping people. Right. So, to your valid point of, of, you know, whether it's conservative, liberal, or anywhere in between, social media obviously plays a huge role in how you engage dialogues, especially with youth. And so in that, when we think about um, how individuals will cater to certain aspects of social media, traditionally, conservatives do show up late to the social media parties. It's just the mm -hmm. way it is. Mick, Mitt Romney showed up late. Uh, he copied Obama's uh, approach to using Twitter and Facebook. Uh, but the thing is, is that liberals were not ready for Twitter Trump. They weren't ready for that. They weren't ready for people buying into the ridiculousness of certain aspects of, of the way he used the platform. So in that, I mean, I sometimes look at it and say, maybe I'm being myopic in my viewpoint because I, of where I am in the world and maybe, maybe the way I see things. But in my work, I've had the unique privilege of going into communities that I would never go into without the ability of having somebody say, please come in. And in that, when you see how, how, divide, how divided people are when we come to our polarization on social media, it isn't that divisive when you actually get into communities. You just need opportunities for conversation. What I think is important with TikTok is that, yes, it could be radicalized by somebody who wants to get the platform to work for their favor. But interestingly enough, I do think that the majority of young people who are on TikTok are more interested in participating in a healthy environment than they are seeing people become polarized and, and divisive the way they traditionally see people on social media. The neat part that it takes me to is that so many people in the cross wires in the um arriving there to not see what you thought you would see is that most everybody's there for the same reason whether you're from this party or that party and that's the irony of all of it and on social media you start to see it when you rack the camera back a little bit and you start to see that everybody's there for the same reason right um and it's it's they just don't realize it. That's where the conversation comes in. Okay, so the, here's a couple of things about TikTok. So TikTok was uh, a conversation, and I always thought this, and you can tell me what you think, please, Jesse, is that the conversation about the ownership of TikTok, and they called up from location of data, and they did all the sort of science-y things. But really what happened leading up to the election, what I saw it as, was there was an entire platform that Trump had no access to. There was no way that he was going to make it on there unless he was a meme being made fun of. Yeah. And it was filled with young people. And the irony was that one rally that he did that got filled up with fake ticket buyers was because of TikTok. Yeah. And it was a good example of how he had no power there. And so for me, I saw it as a political ploy to put a halt to access to young people, which he was never going to win politically, more than anything else. Now, in hindsight, imagine this, though. Now, maybe I'm being too nefarious in this, but I just don't trust anybody um, when it comes to governments and agendas and uh, this side or that side. And if, for example, the lady from Kentucky played out a bad message for this party or that party. It played out badly for conservatives. Say it played out badly for liberals. There's nothing to say that that other country 
air quotes, company couldn't manipulate algorithm data to make sure that every young person saw that, you know, poor person who's living a revolution get punched in the face by a cop, say, or get beat up. There's no stopping that other actor being the government or agenda from making sure that every kid on TikTok saw the video that made them hate cops or made them hate this race of people or made them hate this government. And that to me is where it starts to get really scary where parents and grandparents need to plug into this thing. Yeah. You know, I think any, any parent grandparents who wants to meet their child in the tech world needs to really be prepared to talk to their kids about their concerns with a platform. The problem is, is that most parents go in with this, I know better than you about the real world. And what they forget about this generation of kids is that this, these kids have lived in the real world and seen it through a very different vantage point than the majority of the adults listening grew up in. Give you an example. Um, uh, recently, um, in, in my daughter's school, there was a, a video played involving uh, a, a thing from the 1990s. And one of the kids made a comment about it saying, you know, there, there should have been more security. Interestingly enough, I thought about it and I said to myself, after my daughter had kind of regaled me with the story, that none of those kids had ever lived in a world that was post 9-11 right? The idea of security, the idea of limitations, the idea of having to take your shoes off on an airplane is normal for them, right? right. I still struggle with it. Yep. So in that with parents, yeah, you got to be prepared to talk to your kids about whatever platform is there. But I would equally talk to my kid about how people are radicalized on Parler as much as I would talk about the idea of, of her spending too much time watching TikTok videos that really don't lead to anything except for basic entertainment. But the hard part there is that most parents usually focus on predation, screen addiction, or at the end of the day, this fear that their child is going to get themselves into trouble, that they have to really kind of clean up a mess because the parents don't get what's going on on the platform. The more you meet your child with their interests online, the better your child is going to be at one, talking to you about their concerns or experiences, and two, maybe even confronting you about why you're not getting it. As long as you're open. And that's that's the hard part with the internet is that it really has lifted all the boundaries that parents ever expected to have that they experienced growing up. I mean, my dad could put his thumb down and really push if he wanted to when I was a kid. And there was not a lot of flexibility. Um, now I find that the pushing the thumb pushes the opposite way. And we see that in sports too, right? We hear all the time coaches in hockey saying, you know, you can't just yell at these kids and expect them to respond. They live in They live in a different world where things aren't necessarily handed to them but you're working differently to get to that same result. And, and you see that in professional sports where you hear podcasts talking about, well, you know, this one coach who likes to yell, likes to scream, uh, but the younger kids, they, they, they tap out and everybody's asking for a trade. Maybe the younger generation is still going to get you revenue. The younger generation is still going to get you entertainment, but maybe they need a different path to get there. Well, and they'd certainly see families differently too. You know, uh, why do we only have peanut butter and jelly for dinner every night when Billy's family has vegetables? I mean, it's something as simple as that. I mean, kids are seeing uh, everything differently where, you know, when we were kids, you know, having craft dinner or spaghetti, spaghetti and meat sauce was a big thing when we were kids because it was quick, it was easy, it was, you know, pretty good for you and, and kind of cheap and everybody was figure skating and playing hockey and and running around all the time. I mean, it was never one of those, it was never one of those things that you ever really doubted because that's what your family did, right? So there's a yep. whole new world of, of a lens there. So did we just see the power of the internet unfold in both good and bad all in one day? Yeah, yeah, we did. And, and to be honest with you, I, I'm a little bit exhausted with it only because I felt like I was flipping through every cable channel trying to see if somebody else had a different vantage point. And, and the thing of it is like, I can remember being a kid and watching like the challenger explosion, mm -hmm. every channel, every channel had it, right? Everybody. I the remember thing that is day. every channel had it because they all covered a shuttle launch. Like it was a, it was a focal point in, in our, in our human experience to watch that, to be part of something like that. And now when we think about the way the world unfolds, like I had a lot of people yesterday saying, can you believe this? Can you see it? 
And the thing is, is that we don't pay as equal attention to when uh, this is happening in Venezuela or Belarus or any other country. And interestingly enough, I did hear the most compelling thing today saying, you know, don't compare this to Middle Eastern countries because, you know, this is what happens there. You're, you're literally, you know, point painting a media spectrum of the way you see the world, right? If this is the first time you've seen this happen, maybe you really have to recognize how fragile some of the values you have are. So with the internet, I mean, that plays a huge role because yeah, a person listening right now might not know what Twitch is, but the fact that yesterday there was white supremacists in the United States Capitol live streaming on Twitch and their audience was saying, hey, go burn down the Senate, go burn down this. There is radicalization that occurs. And for the majority of the United States, when they fought against radicalization or they fought against terror, they never acknowledged the issues that existed within their own border unless it was attached to a person with a weird sounding name and a beard. Mm. And now when we look at that next stage and, and to you know, President-elect Biden's comments about if these were people of color who were storming the Capitol, you know, they have a moment where they have to face their own reality. And, and we sometimes put the United States on a pedestal for all those vantages of virtue but hasn't the past four or five years shown us that that virtue is somewhat built on something that's very fragile. Um, and realistically here, social media does play a huge role, but maybe it's giving everybody a window into what the reality actually did look like behind the veil. And the only thing that I, I think that I, I, I haven't figured out from what you said, right. That it just, I don't find it unsettling, but I feel like there's more opportunity to spend time with is you say, looking through the window of the, of the different veil. And somehow for me in my gut, I can't help but want to uh, say, maybe it's not a window and maybe it's just a mirror. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and I, that part I haven't quite figured out yet. And that could be because maybe we all don't want to look in the mirror just yet. You know, I, I'm going to agree with you on the fact that it is a mirror. And I, actually, I'm glad that you pointed it out because, I mean, as a person who I'm a British Columbian, but I'm a Quebecer by birth. And as an Anglophone Quebecer, um, I grew up in a time where I had friends who were both Francophone and Anglophone. But, you know, out on the West Coast, I hear people say things like, well, people, if they move here, they should learn how to speak English. And as a Quebecer in my head, I'm thinking, but how's your French? You know, what, what does it mean for you to oppose this value of Canadianism that's really myopic? It's not, it's not one that goes coast to coast. And so to your very valid point of, of the, the window being a mirror, uh, we are seeing these radicalizations in Canada. We're seeing these people who are screaming for uh, Western exit as equally as Quebec uh, scream for sovereignty. And if sovereignty and the call for it being 51-49 in a vote caused my family to say, you know what, this is going to be too difficult for our kids. There are certain realities that Canada is facing with this borderless aspect of the internet attacking parts of our nation. And we are seeing Canadians who are subscribing to conspiracy. We're starting to see Canadians who are becoming um, more openly racist in parts of their dialogues. And it isn't something that maybe is new. Maybe the internet is just not only emboldening people to be a little bit more vocal, but also I think maybe the past five years in the United States is allowing us to really look at that mirror and say, I guess we could probably do the same thing the question is, are we prepared to, you know, face our own reckoning in two years, three years with people storming parliament? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can you imagine 40 or 45,000 people walking onto parliament grounds, how that would feel in our country? And that would be terrifying. That would be well, absolutely if they terrifying. were voting, I'd be pretty happy because our if voter turnout voting. is really low. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably a whole other segment that we could talk about um, in itself. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, to, just, to that point, hey, Shane, can I just grab 10 seconds? Yeah, absolutely. Take your time. Just think about it, though. In 2020, we had the largest mass shooting in Canadian history. We had a Canadian soldier four or five years ago shot on Parliament. Mm -hmm. We had a mosque in Quebec City uh, targeted. And we have these moments where we sometimes pay more attention to a shooting in Las Vegas than what's happening in our own our own borders, right? Mm -hmm. And in that, you know, the issues in in Eastern Canada with fishing and the lobster fishery, um, when we look at uh, pipelines going through British Columbia and Alberta and people, the conflicts we have our own conflicts. It's just sometimes easier to pay attention to the United States because it's not us. And well. You bring up a good point. I want to quote Lori, who called in from Winnipeg a bunch of days ago uh, in regards to the um, polit political travel. And the political travel comment was very simple in that she said, look, when it's some big story like We Day or SNC-Lavalin or something like that, um, it feels so far away. 
But when I have to lose my job or be home and politicians get to travel, that makes it personal. And when it becomes personal, people start to give a damn. And it also becomes terrifying. We might see those voters. We might see those voters. Jesse Miller, Mediated Reality. Thank you for um, allowing me the space to surprise you with this because um, that's not everybody's keen on doing that. So I appreciate that. But um, I really wanted to come at it just with honest conversation. And you've shared that with all the shift heads tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Shane. This is the Shift Podcast. We asked for roll call and there is a big, long list of messages here. Um, a couple of, a couple of interesting ones coming in too. Uh, I am currently building the biggest home rink in Calgary while listening to you gentlemen. Thank you for the message. I don't have your name on that one. Otherwise I would, uh, I would give you the show. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight in Red Deer. We have Wes for a little roll call. Hey Wes, how's it going tonight? Good brother. What's happening? So much. Just heading back to Red Deer, southbound on QE two. Loving the weather. Where Once are you? I'm just coming up to the Duke. Got to pull into the Duke scale and do my in route check. Yeah, right on. Uh, but the main reason I wanted to call, or I wanted to call and thank you boys. Because uh, you guys, uh, my kids got one of the coolest Christmas presents ever, and now my son expects all his friends to call him Lord. Oh no way! You got him. Hey. Uh, you got him a lordship, did you? You betcha. And they thought that was the coolest thing ever. Oh, wonderful! That's so cool. Yeah. The only thing uh, my son said, uh, we showed him. Okay, well, this is how much land you have. He has a size 15 shoe. Yeah. So he was standing on the square. He says, I can't even stand on my plot. He says, my toes stick into the next one. Well, he can always luckily, buy a bigger one. Well, no, luckily, his sister's is right beside him. So oh. I said, you can stand with your toes on hers. But yeah, oh, they thought that was the beautiful. coolest thing. And uh, they asked me, where'd you ever hear that? I told them I listened to the shift at night, and I got it from them, guys. So Wonderful. I wanted to give you guys a shout out, because that was the coolest thing. That's a thing of beauty. Thanks so much, Wes. I appreciate it. Drive safe, brother. You bet. Have a good night, guys. All right. Uh, it was Highland Titles where we uh, went looking and we brought Stephen on. We still bring Stephen on from there. He's such a wicked dude. We just bring him on the radio now to talk about things over in Scotland. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, Highland Titles. You've probably seen some of the ads online, but Highland Titles um, was the most... Um, it, well, they're legit in, in that you, you, you pay for the plot and they have a nature reserve that you, you basically get a foot-by-foot -foot plot. And the rules are about that, if you don't know the story, is that if you're a landowner in Scotland, you could become a lord or a lady of Glencoe, because that's where their land is, the Glencoe, or a laird, the uh, old language uh, version of it. So, um, for example, uh, Maddie and I are lords of Glencoe because we got our plots in Scotland with Highland titles, so... That's so cool. I think I'm going to have to see if I can get one in Ireland. Because if my ancestors found I out I bought... I, 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 have to, I have to investigate. Because if my ancestors found out that I bought and became a lord in Scotland, I'd probably have like nightmares of them like beating me with a shoe. You know? Like I feel like I have to stick to the roots, right? Like a size 15 Stick to shoe. the roots. Oh, that's yeah. a cool part. That's a cool part. Anyway, that's neat, Wes. Thanks so much for the phone call. It's neat that that uh, was uh, able to turn into a real gift that somebody enjoyed, too. 877-399-9898. A couple other roll calls. Uh, things here. Um, Deb in Mississauga, why are you here? Insomnia, but I like the peace of nighttime. Whether you want to, uh, whenever you want to hear about our work, I would love to oblige. Yes, I love that idea. Thank you, Deb. Um, we will commit some time to finding out who and what you do not who you do, who you are and what you do. I mean, who you do and what you are. That, that's a whole different uh, show. Mm. Oh, my. Um, what do we have here? Uh, Ralph, delivering freight around Edmonton as I do Sunday to Thursday nights. P.S. I had my air brake endorsement grandfathered to me back in the day. Hashtag lucky me. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag thanks, Ralph. All right, let's go to the phone. And uh, Kelly is somewhere in Alberta. That's vague, Kelly. What's going on? Why so secretive? No, I'm just looking at the twinkling lights of Rosetown, Saskatchewan. Oh, there you go. Cool. Heading right, to well, thanks with a load of dead chickens again. Oh, dead chickens? <laughs> <laughs> freshly slaughtered. Freshly slaughtered. 
Well, they're all taken hey. care of, though, right? Are they? They're not. Are they not just like lumps of feathers? Are they? Or are they? No, no, no. It's all processed. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because that'd be yeah. weird. Uh, it'll be on your uh, local store shelves tomorrow. Really? Hey. And do you do the same? Just ask it to it anyway. Do you just do the same same route every night, or do you get tasked different routes? Well, our area of operations is uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan. I live in Edmonton. Mm. But we run a lot of chicken from Calgary to Saskatoon and then chicken from Winyard, Saskatchewan, back to Edmonton and back to Calgary. Wow. So mm. Interesting. We're running well, a lot of produce and a lot of fresh meat. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for the uh, for the call, Kelly. I appreciate the update, man. Drive safe, okay? Well, hey, hey, well, hang on a second. Oh, okay. Where's the more? chips you were talking about last night. Oh, the burnt chips. We talked about chips and how the best chips were the burnt ones. You can't get them anymore. Well, uh... Go to the co-op. Uh-huh. There's a brand of chips there called Cal and Gary's. Yeah, that's their own brand. Yeah, yeah. and they're kettle cooked, okay. and they got lots of nice burnt ones in there. Really? Oh, done. Yeah. Cal and Cal and Gary's actually the Cal and Gary's brand. In a salute to the uh, Calgary Co-op grocery store, um, yeah. they've done amazing things with the, the, their own brand of food. Like we like this out of the way. What are the some of the other stores that like Lucerne was the Safeway one. And then yeah, um, yeah, Western exactly. Family is another one. I think that was Savon, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Then plus, yeah. I think it's at that Friesen Brothers too. Yeah, they very cool. Western Grocery. Yeah. Well, thank you for the yeah, tip. I just wanted to share that with you, man. See, so that's cool. wonderful. I'm going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to do that for tomorrow. Thanks for uh, thanks for helping me make my stretchy waist pants <laughs> more appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Hey, you drive safe, brother. Bye bye. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, we've got apologetic Nate. No, I'm not apologetic tonight because we're okay. actually not talking about politics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, roll call. Yes, I'm Nate. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and I love listening to you guys. Um, you want to know where we worked? Um, I used to be an emergency medical technician back in the days of nine eleven. Actually, I remember that day horribly well. Um, then somehow my wife got pregnant. I don't know somehow. how that happened. Wow. <laughs> and I became a welder. And mm-hmm. my claim to fame is I've actually welded on the new engines for the USS Enterprise. Oh, neat. Really, hey? Wow. That's cool, man. That is cool. Very All right, Nate, cool. thanks for, uh, we're sure we're going to uh, move on. Thanks for the phone call, Nate. That's a cool yep, story. Have a good one, Shane. Wait, love you. I love you too, buddy. We, um, w- I look forward to hearing all the details about what you guys do. In Winnipeg, we've got Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Hi. Glad to hear you guys again. I have a favor to ask. I've been making phone calls all day. You okay. had to have heard that they're trying to get the Guess Who in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, I, I would love Did it you if send you would a bring thing it up on your website show. today, by the way, Sharon? Pardon? Did you send a, a thing through the global website to us today? Was that you? Nope, it wasn't. Oh, well, someone else sent a thing, and uh, the, the, apparently it was broken, and then all the messages for the last weeks all arrived in my mailbox. So thank you for bringing oh this up. Oh, my God, you're going to be inundated. <laughs> yeah, in a little bit. So tell, tell us the story. we got to be quick here, but I need you, in 30 seconds, tell us what's going on so everybody knows what the, the goal is here. Well, trying to get the Guess Who into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So you can reach it if you agree with the idea. Go to the Guess Who for the number four, thehall.com. And they need a million signatures by mid-February. So anybody who wants to, it's worldwide. You can do it. All right. That's two. awesome. Uh, and thank you for listening on CJOB, by the way, Sharon. Appreciate it. Oh, always. <laughs> right on. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it was a story that sort of came out yesterday uh, that Global covered. CJOB has been all over this. And, uh, but then with everything that happened, it kind of just went, you know, fell down. So I'm glad you brought it up, Sharon. Thank you so much. Um, a couple of text messages and we'll take a break because today, today, well, depending on where you are, let's do it this way. January 7th, as I'm in Calgary and Matt's in Vancouver, Ryan's in Calgary. Um, January 7th is, uh, is a very important anniversary day and we want to pay proper tribute to that in just a couple of seconds. So here is a couple of, um, here's a couple of, um, a text message is here in, in amongst the roll call. Cool. To- Drucker Toby, Trucker Doby is rolling to the north. Mm, any idea what's happening with the stocks for Trump Industries with everything going on? Thanks, Derek, for the text. There are no stocks for Trump Industries because 
Um, the legalities of being publicly traded are completely different. You have to expose things. The, the laws are different, everything else. When it's a private business, you don't have to share anything. You don't have to share values. You don't have to expose where the money's moving, any of that stuff. And as far as I know, none of Trump's businesses are publicly traded. I'm speculating that that would be the reason because he's able to keep his thumb on whatever he wants to do in private enterprise versus publicly traded enterprise where the laws are completely different. Things like insider trading and whatnot. Uh, thank you, though. But stocks have changed. We are going to talk about that later in the show, too, uh, in and around business. Uh, hey, Ali is here sorting through uh, my recipes. Thank you for that. Hello, it's Transit Mike, supervising transit just north of Toronto. Thank you very much. Uh, D in the EV, I'm surviving. Hey, Dougie. Hey there, my lord. He says, Jojo in Calgary, tuning up the snowmobile for the weekend this weekend. Boy, it's been nice weather pretty much every, everywhere for the last couple of weeks. Super fantastic. Uh, Trucker Dan's in Edmonton, preparing for the journey uh, south. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm at the point where I'm making extremely small items out of polymer clay. Genevieve. Hey, cool. Hey, all right. What kind of items? Curious. It's a little oh, snake. Curious. Do you not see it? It's like a little snake. Where? Clay snake. Yeah. Oh, you're I looking can see at on the, the picture. Um, uh, that's yeah, because you're, look, you're looking at the... Um, you're looking at the different. You're looking at the other login, the web login. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the I got Maddie the good stable. one. So if you yeah, send I in a picture, that. it's coming to me. Yeah, it's coming to me first. So behave. Yeah, Allie, you're you're the the snake. The it looks great. Cool. Sorry, whoever sent that much. in, I forgot, but don't, it looks great. Don't it was send, Genevieve. Don't send in your snakes, Genevieve. To Ryan. Yes, if you want to see <laughs> Ryan to see a picture of your snake, uh, remember oh, no. that uh, it <laughs> no. it has a filter um, that will get us fired. Okay, just saying. Thanks for that. It's the Shift Podcast. We should uh, check in on the moon dial, Maddie. Are we good to go here? We didn't really uh, plan about that. Uh, yeah, no, let's see. Uh, uh, yep, we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how that sounded, by the way, but we should just it sounded stream. great. We should live stream the video chat. Yeah, oh, 100%. That'd be good. All right. <sighs> Are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, there was a text message. Wait, pause. Oh, there was a text message that I wanted to read. Broke the moon dial. Um, well, broken moon dial. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, because this is, this was, uh, it leads into this, and uh, I wanted to uh, read it. Um, oh, it says this is from Derek. It said, what happened to the Australian guy that lives in Tokyo? I haven't heard you guys mention him in a long time. Um, well, it's ironic. He's not Australian. He's a Kiwi who lives in Tokyo. It's Sir Christopher Gilbert. He used to produce the show for us this summer. And then he moved to Tokyo. And I wanted to update you. He is, yes, a Kiwi, still a Kiwi, still lives in Tokyo. He's just taken this week off because he's moved there, then got into his temporary place, then his stuff arrived, then they're in the new place. And after all of the busy, he went, you know what? We're going to take this week off and he will be back on the shift. No need to worry. Now, thank you. I almost forgot. Are you okay? Are you okay with Australia? You see why that brought it up, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I am definitely okay with Australia. I'm a huge fan of a lot of Australia's exports, and um, you know their musical exports. I mean, Men at Work. Come on, Ice House. Men at Work. ACDC. Mm -hmm. uh, just incredible, incredible. I did go yeah, to the I, bugs as soon as you said that. I was like, bugs, man. I was about to say I'm okay with everything except the wildlife and on uh, all around spiders. No, no. Snakes, uh, no. Uh, the spiders are the big thing for me, though. And apparently they have hyper-aggressive magpies. Like magpies that will attack you on like with no warning. And magpies <laughs> suck. But Australian magpies suck more. So that's, mm. That sounds like... I would still visit. I'd love to go to Australia. <laughs> sounds pretty <laughs> for apt. A week. I don't know if you know this, but uh, a Matt can speak Australian. Oh, uh, for no. example, if you wanted to, if you ever wanted to know how to say car, you know, there is a difference between saying car in a Kiwi and an Australian. So, uh, Matt, did you want to help us understand the difference between between the two? Yeah, I know. That's the main confusion that everybody keeps mixing up Australia and New Zealand. But it's pretty easy. You know, Australians be like, where's the car? 
and uh, New Zealanders be like, where's the car? Totally different. See, totally different. So right. You can hear it. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are you okay with Australia? A naked alleged fugitive found by two fishermen sitting on a tree branch in an Australian crocodile-infested waters has been slapped with additional charges of breaching bail and aggravated assault. Cam Faust said on Wednesday that he and fellow recreational fisher Kev Joyner heard Luke Voskresenski, 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 They heard Luke V, who was 40, yell for help as they set crab traps from their dinghy in mangroves on the outskirts of uh, northern city of Darwin. (laughs) This story gets better with every sentence. Oh, I know. This is actual audio from the moment he was uh, rescued by some fellow Aussies. What have you been doing? Where the have you been? I've been eating snails and... Uh, I'll call you an ambulance. Hey, we'll get you an ambulance. We'll tuck these these pots out, and then we'll. Have you got any water there, mate? We got water for you, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got water. Just eating snails. <laughs> I'm just having snails, and he's completely naked in the video. Completely naked. <laughs> oh, I love that he says, "We're gonna just set these traps, then we'll come help you." Like there's a naked guy sitting on a tree branch. <laughs> We're gonna do what we came here first, just in case. Then we'll help you. Yeah, I mean, well, they've got work to do, right? So, absolutely, in their dinghy. In the dinghy. All right. Um, in mangroves. That might need to be added to the list of greatest Aussie moments. Registered, microchipped, cleaned up after, de-sexed, leashed, not allowed on the beaches or in the parks outside certain hours. So how is it that these two are roaming their neighbourhood, frightening the locals, and the council isn't stopping it? Now, yesterday morning, I came out into the front yard and the dogs were across the road. And as soon as they saw me, they came bounding over. <laughs> <laughs> oh now that's oh. a dog attack <laughs> right that's a good interview right there okay there was also this amazing moment when a couple saw lightning strike right in front of them in sydney hey baby slow down wait for me oh wow it's pretty rocky here hey i slide down on the rocks baby it's dangerous to there there's a vision there's a version of that with subtitles and it's fantastic you have to read it it's, it's great <laughs> i think you need subtitles wow he was pretty good on the recovery though checking out his lady though i mean i don't know if anybody would recover that quick after the the brief freak out Oh my god, baby, you're all right. Oh my goodness. Can we See, just he's a gentleman? Can we just quickly hear the, the crab trap thing again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Okay. But what have you been doing? Where the have you been? I've been eating snails and uh, I'll call you an ambulance. Hey, we'll get you an ambulance, we'll tuck these get these pots out, and then we'll Have you got any water there, mate? We got water for you, bro. Oh, yeah. Off yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If you, <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine what it'd be like. You're sitting there in your, um, your, your dinghy, uh, your dinghy and, um, and there's like a naked dude in the middle of nowhere sitting on a tree branch, like in an alligator swamp. Yeah. Like, I, what do you do? You'd be like, I feel like if it was the three of us were in our dinghy and it'd be like, uh, Hey Maddie. Oh yeah. yeah what's up? <laughs> you see that? Ryan be like, see what? Be like, Maddie be like, over there. Is that a naked guy on a tree branch? Yeah. Yeah, I've just been eating snails. Just having <laughs> some snails. Oh, oh, crazy. We'll, we'll get these, we'll lay these traps down. <laughs> then we'll come There's get actually help. a picture of them, all three of them in the canoe together, or the dinghy rather, as the, and the guy's like laying down butt naked in the, in the boat, and he's just <laughs> holding water up, and he's like smiling. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he is a criminal. We have to, you know, alleged criminal. You know, he is wanted, which makes this even interesting, more interesting. But he was, uh, they got him out safely. And uh, I an would, amazing Australian moment. Never a, never a dull moment in your dinghy. 
<laughs> in your dinghy. Dinghy down and down. I think I'd be like, hey, bud, we're going to help you out here uh, on one condition. We get a group picture standing <laughs> up. <laughs> Nobody's oh, going to believe us. No one's going to believe it. His stack is out in the, in the dinghy. All right. To the, to the other side of the world, are you okay with icicles? Icicles? Yeah, I'm a, oh, not Ice House, the Australian uh, pop band. Uh, no, not quite, no. <laughs> although I am okay with Ice House. Icicles? Yeah, I'm okay, as long as they're not too sharp and you don't get caught, and as long as they don't, like, melt and drip into your eyeball when you're looking yeah. at them. Shoot them with your BB they're, gun. Uh, they're pretty. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, nice. they're pretty, uh, and uh, they're a nice sign of winter. Yeah, I don't have too much against icicles. Yeah, the, I don't really like the, uh, see, there's some Christmas lights you can't leave on your house, like those plastic icicles, because then they go like all yeah. yellow and they look really terrible. Yeah. But if they're brand new and they're shiny and sparkly in the Christmas lights, I like those too. So that's kind of where I take that. Are you okay with icicles? Well, after this, probably not. A recent trend on TikTok involves people taking icicles and using them in their drinks. Uh Katie Nicolau of KMEG, the CBS affiliate in Sioux Falls, says you really should not be doing that. Please don't do that. I'm a meteorologist. I should know. When icicles form, it's from water that melts off of your roof and runs down the side of a building. Well, here's the thing. You know what else is on your roof? Bird poop. A lot of it. And that water picks it up and freezes it in the ice. You're eating poop. All right. I take back everything uh, I've ever said about icicles. I have, I'm trying to think if I've ever eaten an icicle before in my life. I, I really not. hope not. I don't think so. I, I know I have. Um, I just uh, don't put strange things that you find lying around in your mouth. It's a good rule for life. Buddy the Elf taught us that with the bubble gum. Turns out icicles can be dangerous in more ways, too. Remember the scene in Die Hard 2 where John McClane stabbed the guy in the eye with one? That oh, was wicked. Yeah. Or how about this? Epic. Warning from Dwight K. Schrute in the office. It's very unusual for Michael not to show up to work. My guess, he's either deeply depressed or an icicle has snapped off his roof and impaled his brain. It's this terrible habit of standing directly underneath them and staring up at them. And I always say, Michael take two steps back and stare at the icicle from the side. And he's like, no, I like the way they look from standing directly underneath them. It was only a matter of time. <laughs> so now there's two ways to get killed from a, uh, from an icicle. Do you ever think that they come Being out of writing that show? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just, no, you go ahead. Yeah. Just, I, you know, poop infection or getting stabbed with one. I just think that they, when they wrote that show or those episodes, that they stepped away like, whoa, we just wrote four minutes about icicles falling into your eyeball. Yeah. And people like bought it and it made them millionaires. Like of all the things. When I was, when I was editing it, this, the first thing that came to my brain was these two things. Die Hard, which I can't really, you know, turn to audio and make it good on radio. And Dwight K. Shrew talking about icicles. Not even anything about the science of icicles. I thought, oh, remember that time in that episode of The Office where Dwight was talking about it? And there you go. All the writers of The Office, you have succeeded in <laughs> poisoning my brain. Or is it poison? I'll take it. Um, there's a text from Winnipeg that says, that's like eating yellow snow. And there was a story that came out from the Weather Network saying, don't eat snow in general. Because it's so filled with like carbon and pollution and dirt and brake dust and everything that's flying oh, through the no. air don't eat yellow snow about, don't eat any snow what about with maple syrup maple syrup and snow that's like one of the best canadian snacks ever and i've had that so many times i can't be the only person that did not hear you say maple when you said maple what do you think i said dude what did you hear maddie uh, I heard maple syrup, so I don't know what uh, you're reading okay. into there. So let's keep our all minds right. out of the gutter here. Phew. Uh, all right. Phew. I could have sworn you said nipple. Uh, just saying. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> makes it much hooter than they harder, harder than they are. Yeah. Harder they are. <laughs> don't you think, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's my name. No shit. 
<laughs> just the season to be merry. <laughs> well, that's my name. No shit. <laughs> Sorry, it's not Christmas anymore. No, man, that's welcome any day of the year here. It's like uh it's like Rocktober, man. It's not a day, it's a feeling. It's a state of mind. We live it. Um all right, are you okay? Let's do another one. I don't know if we should, but we'll do it. Are you okay with vending machines? Uh, yeah, especially if they're filled with hopefully future show sponsor Hawkins Cheesies. Yeah. Ooh, nice plug there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I agree. As long as there's candy or Hawkins Cheesies or, uh, uh, you know what? When I worked at QR and I had to do the morning shifts and I forgot breakfast at home, if there was a Cliff Bar in the vending machine that saved my entire shift, saved it. So yeah, yeah. definitely okay with it. Maltesers. I remember when I was a kid... And used to get the Maltesers in the ke- in the vending machine. That was my favorite, most exciting thing. Because I just don't ever remember as a kid ever seeing Maltesers in a store, but being able to see it in a vending machine. All right, um, what about vending machines that don't dispense candy and Cliff bars? Are you okay with those ones? What's mm-hmm. the point of Lame. that? What are they vending? Nothing. Right. Students and employees at the UC San Diego can now receive COVID-19 tests from vending machines around campus. Here are some interviews with students who use the machines. I was uncomfortable at first, but then after doing it a bunch of times, I I got used to it. 20th time since I've been here. (laughs) I'm not lying. We get tested every week. I'm currently coming back from LA, so I have to get it done within 24 hours from my arrival. And then five days and then 10 days. The vending machine is made more accessible. And especially like if you have something to do and it's like, you know, like five minutes to go do something, like come right here and get it. That's not a bad idea, though, if you're willing to travel, that you have to pay for your own COVID test within 24 hours of returning. It's not a bad idea. Um, I, I think at yeah, UC San Diego it would be like pregnancy tests or something in the vending machine. I mean, I honestly, if I could get tested for COVID any time like any any day easily with like going up and beep beep i would 100 yeah just, just for how the much would you mind. pay for it 250 no That's more it. than a hawkins bag of cheesies let me put it You're that right. way thanks for listening to the shift podcast make sure you subscribe rate and review the show and share with anyone you like get it on apple podcast google podcast spotify and curious cast.ca